Welcome to Gamers of the Lost Ark, your place for deep delves into specific games and the amazing emotions they bring forth with me, the host, Ryan, and the amazing big bad ginger nut Kaylee for the second part of our Witcher DLC podcast, which is, of course, Blood and Wine. So here we are. Um, Blood and Wine. We only managed to get through um hearts of stone the last um podcast that i apparently been saying wrong my entire life and it's not i just thought he was saying it fast until he spelled it wrong and he's been saying hearthstone the whole time and i was like dude it's heart of stone yeah and for the level of witcher fan i am i guess that's you know disappointing yeah i don't know how i've even missed that this entire time (laughs) like shame we have yeah. to do a Game of Thrones, um, like walk you through the streets naked while I yell shame, ring the bell <laughs> behind you. <laughs> yeah. people, was the other Witcher fans flogged me as I walk through the streets? Yeah, it's only, you know, it's an understandable thing to do. <laughs> but yes, so we're going to talk about Blood and Wine today. And I'm super, super excited, super excited to go through this amazing, fantastic, mm-hmm. different whole game that's on the end of The Witcher Um but yeah, so we'll follow the same sort of patterns we did last time where Kaylee's written some notes and I will be sort of sprouting off of those as well. But we'll we'll use you as the cursor. So yeah, mm-hmm. Blood and Wine, fire away. Yeah, Blood and Wine's super cool because it literally starts as it means to go on. So obviously Geralt gets, um, he finds the two knights of Tucson and then... Just hanging a, around in Velen. Yeah, and they're like, they're so funny. You know, they're like, I don't know what their accent is supposed to be. Is it a mix of like French and Dutch, perhaps? I'm not sure. But you can tell that they're not from around. Um, It's a very flamboyant accent and they're dressed like proper knights from like a fairy tale. So they really, really stand out in the like almost barren Velen. <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs> Uh, yeah so from the off you're like these are very comical and they're trying to i think kill some bandits they're trying they're talking to someone they're talking to like the villagers who say that the bandit's going to come or something if my memory serves me correct and then all of a sudden the bandits come and then they're like what like yeah what like you get out of here you know and all this and then yeah you know although they're less british than that but they're like you know get out of here in the name of the queen and then and then they're yeah. like what queen spin and Geralt's like oh no you've done it now and that's when yeah they... and Geralt has kind of seen the two sides of the coin and he's like oh dear yeah like, oh no yeah but yeah that was a super cool introduction to yeah. um the dlc because then you obviously just help them out and then they're like oh we've been looking for you and then he br- uh, they bring Geralt to tucson um and i think it's just from the off you get to tucson and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful you get a whole new area to explore honestly i don't know how it's not a different game it's not like its own game it's absolutely mesmerizing like when you first see that it's just the most beautiful mountainscape it's the mm-hmm. like light really vibrant blues, colors light blues with like um all the the just the it's just sunny and bright and yeah. cheerful which for the witcher is like unknown <laughs> that's for sure for sure for sure but i think they just do a really good job of you know you enter tucson and like even the first thing you experience is this knight trying to um kill a troll i think 
um, or an orc of some sort or a giant. Um, and it's all very fairy tale like. That's how the whole kind of um of Tucson is presented. Like it's supposed to be one big fairy tale, like and you know, getting into it like later, it is a knockoff of some different fairy tales. Like they joke about it and stuff. Yeah. Um, sure. It's quite literally Geralt's fairy tale ending to his story. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> good way of putting it. But yeah, um, super cool. And like, it's different to even not just experience a new area, but to, it's like almost a whole new culture, um, which yeah, is really, that's, really interesting. Th- that's abundant straight from the off because mm-hmm. when you see this knight on his back fighting this huge giant, it's not the same atmosphere or feeling as Velen. It's not someone getting, you know destroyed by some witch or something you look at it and this knight's on the floor and he's like i shall win this for my maiden and all this and it's just like these guys there's this kind of it feels like they're separated from reality to a degree this place Mm -hmm. like where it's like rather than velen and and novigrad are so sort of stooped in reality and there's so much grittiness and blood and gore and guts and you know people literally like coughing and fleming on you as you go past yeah. in the street and mud and it's just horrible and then you go to this place where like oh i'm just fighting for the queen i'm fighting for you know whoever for my maiden and all this kind of stuff and it's like yeah they, they, they just set that tone straight away of, of like Geralt is in such a different place and it's it like it's just amazing it's just amazing straight from the off and you fight that giant thing just to start in front of that like the the scenery that's huge when it opens up is just i'll never ever forget that as long as i live and it never gets Mm -hmm. any less beautiful and i played it on the switch for the second time which is like i don't know less than 720p i think it's like it runs like 360 half the time on the witcher and it was fucking stunning it was still stunning yeah i'm kind of glad i did the other way around i started on the switch yeah um and then i'm waiting for obviously the um, next gen hmm. um, version of it to come out with the new DLC so yep. I'll be like woo I'll play that again on my Xbox so mm. that's exciting to see it in a like better quality oh it would just it's, blow your mind yeah, even just the sure. fluidity of the combat and moving around and stuff it's just like the frame rate is, is unbelievably good and everything it would be fantastic on that Series X mm-hmm. that's for sure for sure but yeah so um, yeah you're in this brand new culture and it's really funny because I think it, yeah, you're right. It's almost like you're thrown in, like Geralt's been thrown into a storybook because, you know, even the way the knights are fighting for all their loves and they have to do heroic gestures to try and court their maidens and stuff is like a completely different perspective on the rest of the Witcher universe where like romance and love are kind of seen very differently. Yeah. Um, as you could see through Geralt's life and his love <laughs> interests and all this type of stuff. But in, in general, you know, it's a more medieval view on things where, you know, people cheat a lot and, you know, you might love someone, but you might have many different Romances. people that you sleep with and stuff yeah, like that. It. But in Tucson, it's very much like, I will beat this beast in honor of my maiden. And if I die trying, that's fine. Yes. <laughs> Although... Most of the time, they turn out to be cowards and you have to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a common occurrence. But yes, super cool. And I think from the off, you get thrown really into the deep end quite fast because uh, you get told, look, there is a monster or a beast that's killing people. 
And I think as soon as you get there, you're, they're like, oh, something has just happened recently. So you're running around trying to figure out what that is. And then, um, which is really cool. I like being stuck in quite fast. Um, and then you go to some house into the cellar and then you get, you encounter this naked lady and you're like, what's going on? And then she turns out to be a Bruxa, which is a type of vampire. And oh my goodness, did she wreck me? Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. I, you know, people told me beforehand, they're like, look, blood and wine is going to be a different ball game of difficult. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Like I leveled up loads. It'll be grand. But no, it is a tough game. And I played it on easy. I don't normally play games on easy, but I played it on easy because I was like, this is hard. The sound of the Bruxas still to this day fills my heart with dread because Mm. particularly I I seem to do quite well with them when I went this time around. But the first time, I I don't know whether it's just the first time you go through them, you just find it a little harder. But like it, one thing I didn't realize the first time I played through is you can block their shots which I didn't try. I always tried to kind of no. move out their way. Um, and my God, they just used to ruin me, especially when, when the, the attack on Beauclair hits and everything, which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, by yeah, the way, I found out the hard way that you do not dodge roll in Blood and Wine. Yes, by the way. Anybody... I dodge rolled my way through the whole game <laughs> mm-hmm. until this point. Yeah, you have to be a little bit more tactical with it, but I'll just quickly step in and just say, anybody who's got this far into the podcast and haven't played Blood and Wine, please exit. Get out of here jump ship it was nice to have you for a bit but go play you it shouldn't have been here to start and come back yeah <laughs> come back we found you you stow away get off the ship we'll walk the plank <laughs> well, we'll see you later so come back when you've played uh if yeah, not except for the fact that we said there's going to be a naked vampire yeah. so, but I want to stay. <laughs> yeah that's it yeah so <laughs> i would have stayed <laughs> of course you carry carry on and stay if you like it's just it, it you know you're gonna, spoilers. gonna hit spoilers and everything so yeah. i like the fact that from the off as opposed to the stories that you go through in other ways with Hearts of Stone and and with um, the main Witcher storyline, that there's a real clear, obvious goal straight from the off. You're not kind of chasing around. You're not kind of doing little bits and bobs. You can kind of go straight for the goal, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Although there's there's the classic kind of like, go here, do this, find out this and find out that and who's doing this and all these different things. But it's really like there is a beast. We need to deal with them straight away. You go and see Anna Henrietta and everything. It's just like that straight from the off. I like the fact that when you get to that, that little bar, you come outside and it sets the scene with that person being ripped to shreds. And obviously they they put you in this situation knowing that you know, as a Witcher player by this point, your stuff. So you're like, hmm, is it a this? Is it a that? I wonder what it is. And you do all these different things. Obviously, most likely you've had it, you have had it revealed to you that it's to do with vampires before you played. Yes. So you were probably thinking it was something vampire based, but I w- certainly wasn't in the same way. So I came into it and was like, what kind of monster you not is this? The title, no? Not really. I just think it could could be any kind of blood, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I suppose actually with that's all, true. With all the different I'm, things. I'm with... saying that actually after the fact that I've played it. So. <laughs> and coming in with knowing it was vampires. But like I yeah. was just in a position where I was trying to guess because i guess like if even if it was like more of like a you know you're biting a neck or something or something would be more stereotypical to a vampire to me because i don't think you in you in um encounter any higher vampires no you do in the main story in in the the main game in the main game do you when's that you do uh it is a side quest but it's in novigrad in the docks oh okay um you do encounter a higher vampire Yes, because I, I seem to remember fighting them in the barn. 
Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I, I just didn't I didn't really think of that. And then and then I, I just was so sort of blown away to begin with by the overall atmosphere and stuff. Like I remember walking through the Knights bit to begin with and everything. It was just so fantastic that it was like so different, so utterly, mm. utterly different, but still so Witcher, still so Geralt and like how he so perfectly transcends and fits into different areas and different places and like because everybody always needs a monster to be dealt with albeit a human or 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 anything else but yeah like it went on to to the rest of it i'll let you carry on with with your uh general notage but it's just that that fir- the way it sets the scene of like you find that chopped up body you go and see anna henrietta and in it like all happens really quickly rather than mm. like you know how it like builds towards siri in the main story rather than yeah. it feels like you kind of meet everybody and everything all to begin with and then it's like right you know detective Geralt o'clock or whatever it is you know honestly if you don't do the side quests you get through the main storyline extremely fast in this yes um because i did a lot of the side quests mainly because uh i was weak i needed the experience <laughs> really? points. i yeah. was like oh my god um also just curiosity too i like to delve myself into the world as opposed to just do the main storyline too but i was very surprised at how fast the main storyline went yep yeah it, it was like because it has the three it has the key points doesn't it and then you suddenly head, head to that point where you have to go to the place where siana is where it's like, oh, we'll meet you there and all that kind of stuff, doesn't it? The nights that you start working for and stuff. Yeah. But it's, it, yeah, I think it, it, I think the main actual story is only about 15 hours-ish, mm. you know, which is, is real, short. which is real short. Well, especially when, like, it feels much shorter than Heartstone, which is the same, Hearts of Stone, that's the same um, length, you know? Yes, Hearts of Stone felt, like, a lot longer, but there was less, like, side quests and less things to explore, so... I it feels like they made the storyline of that like super long compared and like you there was nothing you could avoid in that you had to go and do the main things yes. in Hearts of Stone where in um Blood and Wine in the main story you have options to do certain things yeah. um like you could either save Sienna I think no I haven't done both options so I could be wrong but I know you can go talk to the old person I can't remember what they're called you know you can go talk to the old vampire person to summon yeah them. sorry yeah the 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 greater vampire of that yes. area because they they like yeah. own domains or they have territories or something doesn't it yeah which is you, cool you have these options you can do so i don't know if that makes it sh- the game shorter or longer or yeah because i guess there's replayability there and stuff i guess so you yeah. can always go back through and play again but something they do that's excellent in blood and wine is they put things in your way so like you have to do things in the knights area so naturally you pick up those side quests and then mm-hmm. i remember there's that side quest with the people where you send the, you set the statues alive and stuff which is a fantastic little side quest which Ooh, is yeah which is on the way to one of the main quests so you happen to see the guy by the side of the road who's dying and they're like help and then you obviously get off your horse naturally so like i like how they play them out real organically so it doesn't yes. feel like you know like when in in hearts of stone you do that mission for that girl who the very first time you meet all geared you can do a mission for a girl who's like calls you cat eyes or something the yeah. like that just sends you completely off almost in the opposite way to go do something rather than this just felt like it was natural felt like it was more of a natural thing to like find and see do these all these side quests which i'm sure we'll talk about because there's so many fantastic ones here yes i have a few written in yeah. um but yeah no you're right for sure um until they destroy you because i cannot 
overstate how hard this game is compared to the main story. Like in yeah. like compared to the main game. It is really challenging. It was a good thing. Yeah. But there was just other, there was sometimes I was like, I'm getting my ass handed to me. Yeah. Um, and this is on easy as well. Like I do not understand how people play this on hard. Oh my goodness, I have no idea. Like I would be your default nearly play all my games on normal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for like I was like, I had to I had to put this down. Yeah. And I was still getting my ass handed to me. I was like, <laughs> what on earth? Yeah. Dodge rolling. Do not do it, my friends. That's, not what, I'm you. <laughs> That's what they want you to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like I tumbled my way through mm-hmm. everything else, but I couldn't do it here. But yeah, so you're introduced really to like some amazing characters in this. Yeah. Um, and quite like in Hearts of Stone, you get quite attached to the characters. So mm-hmm. I can't remember who comes first, but does Anna Henrietta or Regis come first? I can't remember. Anna Henrietta first. Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. She's so cool. And I just love how the Witcher really like in certain ways you're like, oh, the Witcher can like really has these like empowered women, these really strong women who can hold their own and stuff. So I love that. Um other times they're overly sexualized, but you yeah. know, I digress. Um but Anna Henrietta is like honestly, she's the ruler of um I think she's the Duchess. She's the Duchess of Duchess of uh of yeah, Tucson, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and she is just from the off. She's very strong, very stubborn, very opinionated, but she's lovable. There's something really likable about her. Yes. And there's parts where you're like, just listen to me, woman, but like she de- defies you, but it's like a charm of hers. Mm-hmm. She's like, what makes Anna Henrietta so great for straight from the off is the fact that she is like she's introduced and what they try and do with her which i like the fact that they never go here is they and i i mean i'm speaking from a very male point of view here but i'm I'm sure there's plenty of people who who play as Geralt who get in like again get into his character but i was thinking oh she's gonna be the love interest straight away Mm. and then it was like i was thinking oh she's probably gonna be quite sort of flirty and full for Geralt and stuff and straight from the off she was just like, right, I'm doing this. And then she rips her dress off, gets on the back oh, of a horse brilliant. and is like, right, come with me because we've got shit to do. And they're just like, but, but, do, and, it, and it, you know, it's not, and it's not in like a Yennefer way where it's like, wait, Geralt, do this. It's like, wait, I'm going here. See you there. You know, it's, and it's honestly like, the opposite of Yennefer. And like, even though they're stubborn, but in a in a different way, Yennefer is like, I'm going to teleport because I don't want to have to get my shoes dirty. Yes. You know, Yennefer is really like prim and proper. And she's yeah, like, I'm not going to yeah. put any effort into it, uh-huh. but I'm coming. Where Anna Henrietta is like, I am ripping off this dress uh-huh. that probably cost me like hundreds and hundreds of pounds or whatever. Yes. And she's like, I don't care. I need to save my people. So I'm going to rip this dress off and I'll follow you on horseback. Yeah. And, and it's, such like, a, it's such a great introduction to a character that is a strong female character a real well-written strong female character that has a lot of uh humbling sort of revelations come the end and stuff and can can be quite full-on with you depending on your choices that Mm. she is she so much embodies being a duchess like she's a leader she's like she's proud and she's like it has a lot of standards you can tell you know albeit by the way she dresses or even just by the way the people that dress her but like she's and her wine her taste in wine she's also got yeah she's also got this flair this like flair and this kind of character and this bite to her that makes her more than a uh you know like the emperor i forget his name 
um from the main yes you know how emir embodies being like someone who's above you at all times and this that and the other and and uh, as great as his character is like he's not as deep as as Anna henrietta is for example where they show these different sides of her and that everyone around her is just like completely and utterly at her bidding and it's great mm-hmm. like you know when you go to the wine place and matey's like oh I, I didn't even oh my god i like i'll do anything to stay as your wine person or whatever and he's like i didn't even mean to sell it and all this different stuff it was just like yeah. it's just fantastic and she's so like just immediate and she's like a decision maker and she just does stuff rather than she does there's no um and R in and it's very rare that she even bounces stuff off Geralt too often who's usually the decision mm-hmm. maker in a lot of things like she trusts him which is cool because she's like right I've hired you for a reason Witcher I love it when she says that she's like I've hired you for a reason Witcher now be gone or whatever she says and you're just like oh my god yes no worries And but yeah. she's just like immediately something about her is just so easy to fall in love with as, as a character and I was just like every time she's she she was on it from the first time I played it and the second playthrough. I was just like enamored with her completely. And you were yes. too. Like she was particularly something where when you spoke to me, you were like, oh my God, Anna Herrera is just the best. You know? She is. I think my opinion kind of changes a little bit towards the end because mm. of how my storyline played out a little bit, but not in a bad way. I think yeah. she just ends up conflicted. Yes. Between what's right and what her heart is telling her to do. Uh-huh. Um, which is something I didn't expect from her. I think all throughout it, it was like, oh, she'll do what's best as a ruler. She'll do what's best as a ruler. And then it got to the end. And um, my ending, she didn't really. Mm -hmm. She put her family first, in my opinion. That's what I think. Um, But yeah, she's super cool. I love her. She's great. But at the same time, there's other times where she's like, oh, but traditions are traditions. We have to uphold them. That's what like, I mean. You know, yeah. So there's that. What? There's always that line that she's She's walking. like, oh, we have to be immediate. We have to catch the killer. We have to catch the beast, but we can't disrupt the festivities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How about yeah, yeah. And that's where like Blood and Wine is this kind of like it's still they there is they always walk that kind of line of being like, you know, I like the fact that she does that thing to begin with. She's like, oh, I've, I've you know, you can imagine it, can you? Like a duchess going, oh, I've given you a vineyard. You know, I've just given it mm-hmm. to you. Just, there you are. There's people there, they'll deal with you. You know, it's just like, what? <laughs> it's like, what's yes. going on? And it's like, cool, I like that. I like that there's, it's like this completely different culture. And it feels very, like, royal. And it feels very, like, a monarchy or whatever. And how, like, a monarchy would work in the med- medieval times kind of thing. Rather than, like, you can tell... I, I don't know, there's there's that kind of difference, isn't there? There's the this is very much you open up the fairy tale book and you have the bright colours of King Arthur and his you know, his knights of the round table and they all wear beautiful knights and swords and armor and all that kind of stuff. And then when you look at like Radovid, that's the uh, example of when you actually get taught history and you go, Oh my god, mm-hmm. what? That's what they were like. You know, that's yeah. what they used to do to each other. <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like, even if you look at the whole of Tucson, like, I don't think there's many areas that were like in dire poverty the way in Velen there was. Um, Like you go through the streets and everyone's kind of well-dressed. And mm-hmm. even if they were classed as peasants, they were still not peasants from Velen. Because yes. peasants in Velen were like nearly dead on the streets and yes. living in their own filth type of way, coughing mm-hmm. as you pass where everyone, even the... Uh, people who are like your servants on your in your vineyard and stuff they complain and stuff but they're well dressed and they're well looked after yeah um so obviously you can tell tucson is like more like i'd say their economy is probably better yeah but definitely also a fairy tale 
And it's like a good, they talk about like it, it's it's a because it's like the whole sort of it feels like the whole point of this is to have this kind of retirement story for Geralt where it's like, you know, one last blast in this crazy place. And, you know, it's almost like like it's like a retirement story for him. And mm-hmm. even like you say, the peasants in the street and this all builds the amazing constructed world that is Blood and Wine, where when you go through the street, like the let's say bottom of the barrel people are just drunks are just people yeah. who are like and they go like and they like hiccup as you walk by and they go like oh um the sun's so bright here you never have like a hangover and all this kind of stuff as you're like walking by and that and you're just like what is this place like it's just such a yeah. stark contrast to the likes of ellen and, and novigrad it's, it's amazing yeah. so 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 good yeah it's fantastic and then i suppose going on then it's like back to the actual beast you you kind of find him don't you at a certain point and you, straight away you chase, yeah you find him <laughs> straight away and you're like oh my goodness like this is not how i expected things to go and you chase him you have a little fight with him and you're like this is so not how i expected things to go and then re just appears which is an old friend of Geralt. um i don't know much about this and i should have looked this up beforehand but obviously coming into it you're like oh my god regis and Geralt are clearly really good friends from the past yeah. was he a higher vampire before or yes. I believe so. I believe he's always been a vampire. I don't know. But I think uh, the way he talks is that it, it, I would just guess within, I, again, I don't know the knowledge either, but within the way that he talks as if he is, he's lived for ages, you know? He has, but it's almost like Geralt has only figured it out for the first time. Oh, I see. Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, whether Geralt knew he was a high vampire before, you mean? I just don't know if he became a vampire after... He first met Geralt. Yeah is yeah. all i don't yeah, know yeah. i don't know but, but he is they, they do really well with this which again for people who probably know more witcher law than than we do and i, I only know law from the games and the people will see him and be like oh my god that's him but what they do so well with this and what they do so well with the likes of um anybody that you see in in the previous game like letho or anyone like that who who play big parts in the witcher too that they allow you to immediately have like have that connection just through the writing and stuff which is cool because like yeah. you never you never feel like as a new player that you don't know who regis is you feel like he's an old friend you're meeting which yeah. is good which is really they do well that done. really really well because i wouldn't i i found that like obviously i never played the first or second witcher game but i still even though there's times where you're a bit lost if you haven't caught up mm-hmm. you still feel the connection between the characters regardless of if you know what happened or not yes 100%. they do a really good job at that but yes regis is an unbelievable character he's a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. how he speaks he's a bit cheeky he's but he's also like very matter of fact in certain ways yeah. very very loyal you can just tell from the off he's a loyal friend if you're his friend you're his friend for life yeah and he's very like just clever like yes. really really clever but also seems to be he's like what something that really stands out to me when i think of regis is i think that he's very impartial so he thinks of beings regardless of the fact that he knows that like higher vampires really are like a they can live forever and everything that he never he doesn't really see humans too differently than he does himself and stuff and he's kind of gets mm-hmm. on their level which is cool yeah it's nice to have a character like that that doesn't see themselves above you or whatever else he doesn't seem to have above Geralt. he just sees him on like a, a plane like he's really sound if you know what I mean. Yeah, He's like, we just sure. what a sound guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, like, you can see that. Like, obviously, Ryu just comes along and he's like, dude, this vampire that's killing people is Detlaf and he's not like what you think he is. And you're kind of like, what are you talking about, dude? And 
you know, we just like, please just trust me. So I think you default, well, I default to being like, okay, I'll trust you because yeah. sure. you just tell he's not a bad guy and he he definitely means what he's saying. And it's um, cool because he's emotionally charged because of being revived. It's, it's, it's the guy who, who saved his life. Yes. And that's why it means so much to him. And, you know, he really makes that very clear with Geralt that makes Geralt feel towards him because Geralt is throughout the entire Witcher universe he is a man that listens to people and feels for them most importantly you know he does favors he gets people's pans out of their house you know he's a guy who feels for people and understands and wants to like understand people rather mm -hmm. than just butchering monsters that's just not although they like to sort of people like to think that's what a Witcher is Geralt certainly um which is what makes Witcher as the whole so fantastic is is that the whole you know killing monsters isn't just killing monsters it's these decisions it's hard it's people are cursed you know all these mm -hmm. different things that you can do as a Witcher that makes it so fantastic but he's just such a cool character read you straight from the off I love that conversation you have over a bottle of wine straight mm -hmm. from the off where he talks to you about life and i remember the first time specifically when i played that game it kind of like i had like an existential crisis kind of for a moment when he was talking because he was like what's the point like what's the point if you guys just die and end what's the point that you guys like humans just carry on like i don't really understand it and then when Geralt says to him like you know why if a man has a million crowns why does he think that someone you know who has 20 why 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 bother you know and, it, and like that's a really cool little conversation they have and he talks in that kind of way where like these are fleeting moments but you almost understand the importance of them as well uh, and it's cool i really like his character he's great yeah but it like the game does a really good job again in true Geralt you end up caring for that character because like you have those moments where they sit and they have a bottle of wine together and have little chats just to pass the time and then you learn more about the character or how they think and stuff and you end up caring for them. The Witcher's so good at that. Yeah, and conversations in The Witcher are are strangely brief, but really, really well constructed. Where you yeah. can only usually ask two to three questions at best. But when you do, it's like there's so much love and care into all the writing of this game at any mm -hmm. moment that it just is so perfect. So that whole conversation with, with Regis is fantastic. And I think just his whole role to play throughout the game, like he knows people and then suddenly he just like pops up at different points. And, it, and he's just a really cool character that like, even at the end when everything goes the way it goes for him, like certainly in my playthrough where he ends up like making the big decision that he makes at the end and everything that like he is still on that level of like understanding the, the process of what's happened and how and why people make the decisions they make and everything, you know, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think I'm trying to think as we go, um, just about the main story um like what particular moment stand out or yeah i'm trying to think because obviously you end up taking regis's word for it and you're like look prove to me that he's not a bad guy so yeah. then you actually you actually end up learning about detlaf yes so you're like it's such a turn because you just don't expect this game to go the way it does where you mm -hmm. end up talking to detlaf and understanding him and realizing he was just in love and someone's blackmailing him yeah um, and you're like, this is not what I expected because I expected you to be the big bad guy that I have to fight at the end. Um, yeah. And no, I'm actually siding with you now and I'm trying to help you. Um, 
the wild hunt are far more the cl- classic stereotypical bad guy of they're yeah. bad i've got to kill them they're trying to take what i love rather than Geralt actually comes into this with only the normal witcher stake which is money is what's mm-hmm. driving him in the direction he's driving and it's, it's just his job but you know he's he's quite happy to change his job on the fly if it means doing the right thing and that's cool that they play with that it's cool that, that, that Geralt can be sort of spun in that way and and the fact that he then takes Regis's word for it and meets him and everything is just it's just a cool concept to meet the very thing that you are chasing and understand mm. it and why are you doing this and you know what's the motives behind it and everything and it's just cool because it's like it, it as I know there's lots of times in The Witcher where you're a a detective but this is a real detective story it feels like inspector Geralt like the entire time and you're like oh i'm gonna talk to the witnesses or i'm gonna talk to the perpetrator or i'm gonna talk to these different people and the whole thing feels like a big jury and you can imagine at the start it's like you know anna henrietta waving her hand at the start like this is wrong and you know then you take in the all these different bits of information it's just so fantastic the the way it plays out and it's cool that it, it leads to that moment of again it sort of lets you have that red herring of thinking that the person that is the perpetrator is this gang of people that are trying to torment um regis no what's the name detlaf they're, they're trying to like torment detlaf and then you find out actually it's it's siana and that's so cool so cool yeah it is twist. really really cool and i feel i feel so bad for detlaf because i think he's a really interesting character he is portrayed as like basically being someone with extremely heightened emotions so he's not a bad mm. person but if he's upset he's like the height of upset if he's angry he's like unconsolably angry um if but, he loves he loves harder than you could possibly love yeah yeah um which is tough because that doesn't make him a bad guy it just makes his um reactions extreme yes um (laughs) but yeah like ultimately he's actually like he didn't want to kill the knights that he's been killing he's just been like someone's blackmailing me because the person i love is in danger yeah and then obviously the plot twist is the person he loves is the blackmailer yeah and that's and that's cool because that whole scene where you go through and you find her and everything it's just like something they do that i realized a second playthrough which is crazy is they leave a photo of her on the wall yes and they say and he calls her by her name which is like he what does he call her by the like nickname he has for her or something yeah yeah something like that and and i remember seeing her and thinking oh my god like obviously i now know the second time going through that that it's anna henrietta's sister and that you actually see her before you even realize that it's it's anna henrietta's sister which is cool because you go and find her and that whole scene is just really cool because it's like what a plot twist and and again they do the same thing with sienna as they do with Detlaf because they, there's a very parallel story of suddenly Sienna's the bad guy and then they do the same thing where they get you to almost get into bed literally wow um they almost get you to get into bed with each of the characters and understand them and more and like and really like spend time with them and, and feel for them which is really mm-hmm. like important in the whole of blood and wine is you feel for Anna henrietta you can feel her pain you you'd spend time with her you feel for for uh, regis and you f- see and understand his points of view and what he'll go through to get it like when you put him in that blood tank and everything he has to go crazy in that it's like yeah, you, that they, you you go through like particular 
particular poignant emotional moments with each character that attaches you to them, which is what makes a decision making at the end very hard. And I like the fact that they build to that decision making rather than making it like in a second, like they do at other times, like kissing Triss and stuff, where it's only you and one other character and you know there's going to be only one outcome. They put all of these places in your mind and then they almost use Geralt in some way, like to liken back to my court analogy, as the jury. He's the jury of what's going on. He's deciding of who's right and who's wrong and how can you understand them? And suddenly, like, they just make you walk a mile for each one of those person's shoes and it makes everything so much more in-depth and fantastic. Yeah, for sure. But Sienna, like, even Sienna's character, like, at first you're just like, wow, you're just a dickhead. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes, and I know a lot of people, from people I've talked to, some people continue to think, oh, she's just a dickhead. But you learn more about her. Obviously, you go into the uh, storybook to retrieve her after she's um, put in the tower um by Anna Henrietta because Anna Henrietta is trying to keep her safe yep um which is so cool and I'll talk about in a sec but um with Sienna you you're like oh you're such a dick you're just such a dick but the more (laughs) you learn about her you're like you're a dick because people have treated you so wrongly yeah that of course you've come you've become this way not of course I think it's just you don't blame her as much for the way she is when you find out how she was treated Yes, and that's where I think that she's possibly one of the only people where the decision I made with her was probably more so to do with, like, me being over-empathetic, where I think that actually what she does to Detlaf is is really extremely wrong, and she's, like, become quite a monster. Um, And, you know, but it's, it's, like, it gets really deep, though, because when you find out what actually those knights done to her and stuff, and, like, it was, it's really... How she's treated growing up by her parents, by her own parents. Yeah. And how Anna, like, when you figure out that growing up, Anna Henrietta used to blame her on stuff, but Anna Henrietta was just as bad. But people literally put the blame on Sienna just because she was born to a full moon. Yeah. That they thought she was cursed when she... There was nothing wrong with it. They just ended up biasing their opinion. It was some uncontrollable curse that they all got too uh, involved in. And then she was the black sheep, wasn't she? You know, of the family. Yeah. And, and then she was ended up casted aside. And that's it, it's just cool because any villain, regardless of the fact that you think it's Detlaf to begin with and turns out to be Siano, there's nothing cooler than a villain with a motive, as opposed to the Wild Hunt just being evil for the sake of being evil and just wanting power, which is, don't get me wrong, a fantastic story. But... Mm-hmm there's something about understanding a villain's psychology that makes it so great and that's what's so great about hearts of stone as well where you can understand the psychology of where people have done and the mistakes they've made and what makes them who they are today and Mm -hmm. they it's great that there's something that is great about the witcher in any of the storylines and there's something that it does and there's a pause for thought and that's something that was done in the very first cinematic trailer that I ever watched where, I don't know if you've ever seen this, where there's a woman being hung on a tree and Geralt's walking by in a, on a horse with with Vesemir and he walks up and he's like, oh, like, what are we going to do? And then they kind of keep keep riding and then Geralt pauses for thought and in that moment decides, okay, I'm getting off the horse and I'm going to save this woman now because mm-hmm. she's clearly being strung up by these guys because they're just like abusing her and stuff while she's like getting beat up and that. And in the end, he ends up killing him, walking off and going, you know, what are you doing killing monsters? You know, and it closes off, which is just such a fantastic thing. But what they do is they give you pause for four. They give you these moments of like like reckoning and, and thoughts with Geralt and stuff, which is like cool. It's cool that there is this. It's not just go and kill the boss, go and do this. This is what's so great about this game. It's these like... Mm-hmm 
moments where you're riding around on your horse and you're going from A to B and you're thinking about these things and you're thinking like, oh, wow, like that's really crap. What happened to her? And you do like, even if you're just going to the next plot point, that, that's what's so great about this game that just makes it stand above so many others where it's not just go and kill this bad guy or go and do this or, you know, and I'm in no way slagging off Breath, Breath of the Wild here because it's a very, very different video game, but it's not just like go and and take the next uh, beast out or go do the next beast you know it's like yeah. there's a lot more emotion to it and there's a lot more depth and i like that you know mm -hmm. yeah, both, for sure. both can be great but yeah, yeah yeah just some of the moral choices in which you're like it, what is moral like what like it's so mm -hmm. gray it's perspective oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure it's so good because like I I look at it nearly all the endings of any of the witchers and I'm like which one is the right one no one yeah. knows it's literally up to interpretation and to be honest there's always sacrifices and no matter what decision you make in the witcher it's never just like this is the happy ending yeah but particularly yeah. with blood and wine regardless of what you do somebody dies who really has just been like put there by the pain of others and yep. regardless of whether it's Sienna dying and it's she's been put there by the pain of her, her, her parents or whether it's it's Detlaf and he's put there by the pain of Sienna and it's and it's just an interesting concept of or all of know. them all of them can die yeah 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 and I heard Andrew and Henrietta can die as well which I never yeah knew, which is um, crazy yeah I got the ending where you know Detlaf dies mm -hmm. and Anna Henrietta gets Sienna and then they end up making up. They just end yeah, up hugging. They have a hug. Yeah. That was my depending, play, favorite both yeah, times. <laughs> depending on your what you say in the, some of that dialogue, Sienna will kill Anna Henrietta and then the guys will kill Sienna. So that means Detlaf, oh, wow. Anna Henrietta and Sienna die. Oh, wow. And, and if you don't get the bracelet for, Anna Henry, for Sienna, she must die when Detlaf lunges her, I guess. Which is crazy. Which is interesting because apparently the ending turns out very, very different, like the playthrough mm. for the post, like, well, the near post game. Yeah. Is very, very different. Yeah. I just watched a bit of it online because I was a bit like, I'm curious. I want to know what Yeah, happened. for sure. Um, But yeah, I think we just need to briefly just say about the, where Sienna is trapped in the storybook because that was a phenomenal oh. piece of gameplay. Yeah. Not briefly. This is, this is possibly for me, one of the best like very very likened to our last episode talking about the wedding this yeah. is a perfectly constructed piece of storytelling gameplay characters there's so much that makes this so perfect visuals artwork uh it's also it screws so well with your like inner child and your nostalgia and these mm -hmm. different moments because we've all been told those stories we've all been thrown into these things and it's like it's such a, an amazing alice in wonderland moment of tumbling down the rabbit hole and ending up in all your favorite childhood stories but seeing it from a more grim perspective and the fact that it's like this almost magical simulation that's been put in place and there's so many fantastic little moments and it's just great the whole thing is absolutely utterly like majestic it's just it's so perfect cool. It's really cool, but it's also kind of like interesting to see that like Sienna knew the characters because it was a childhood book that they yep. used to go into. <laughs> and then you can see that the characters were afraid of her. And they're like, oh, yeah. she'll beat me again. And yeah. it's like, uh, Sienna, what the fuck are you doing to like these characters? Yep. But there's some really funny ones. Like um, you have the one who's supposed to be Goldilocks, I think. Yeah. And 
I think that's who gives her the ribbon. If you take the ribbon off her, but she's such a little dickhead. Oh yeah, no, I don't know what she is. She's she, yeah, she is yeah. She's trying to flog it to you, isn't she? And you oh no, up... she's not. She is she the little matchstick girl? Yeah, she's supposed to be off the little matchstick. Oh, sorry, but she there yeah. is Goldilocks in it though with the wolf. There's yeah. a werewolf that's dressed as the wolf from. Oh no, sorry, that's a little Red Riding Hood. I'm getting all my um fairy tales. Yeah, fairy tales made No, no, you're good because what you yeah, the, the, you can go to a bit where you find the three bears, but Goldilocks yes. is all messed up on the floor. She's been killed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you, you, because because Goldilocks being killed and Red Riding Hood's being killed, but the yeah. the wolf, I definitely want to stop off at. But yeah, the little girl that you're on about to begin with, when she's trying to flog you the stuff, it's just hilarious. It's like it's just straight from the off. Yeah, she's it, such a little asshole. Yeah, like, <laughs> but also the boy who cried wolf. Yes. You know the little dude who's standing on the thing, and he's like wolf, wolf, and we're yeah. like. And then you have to do that riddle where it's like everything he says is a lie. So you yeah. have to ask him questions in a lie to yeah. get the answer you want. And you're sitting there going, what? Like, yeah, you're like, you're like, oh, don't tell me what I want to know. And then he's like, oh, well. And then and I love the fact that like in the, like every time he finishes his sentence, he goes, look, look, wolf over there behind you. Like every single time he does it as well. So he's like, he, but he ends up telling you what, but you have to use reverse psychology on him yeah. because, because he obviously, you know, tries doing that with people by telling him there's a wolf and he has to lie about everything. And it's just great because he's like, oh, there definitely isn't a, a Jack and a bean over here from Jack and the Beans or whoever. And you're like, all right, nice one. Thanks. See you later. And he's like, yeah. oh, wolf, wolf. <laughs> it's just great. They're like, <laughs> they do all that. Like they just incorporate so many of the amazing fairy tales into this and it's these little stop off moments these little like drive by tour you know like it's a small world almost like you go around the little ride of mm-hmm. all the different places and see all your different things and like but they also give it this like morbid adult kind of feeling yeah, to grim. each one where like you know like i said goldilocks is messed up on the floor and the wolf is hilarious the french wolf yeah. who's like he killed goldilocks just because he couldn't be bothered to do the storyline anymore <laughs> and he just sits about getting drunk all the time and he's super hungover and he's on the floor and he's like ah oh, he's just like ah oh, it's just great yeah, that was funny it, it was really really funny and he's like do you know how many times i've had my belly cut open and all this it's just like because these 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 poor beings are stuck in this perpetual state of misery of having to play with these little girls that are supposed to come in here. And it's like a really morbid look at it of just being like, oh, you know, your favorite fairy tales that play over and over and over and over again. But like they actually actually live in that kind of repetitive um, reality, which is just crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it also kind of shows that if you do like with Sienna, if you're in a fairy tale too much, you kind of turn it more but in your own way because you're just like, I got bored, so I killed them. Yes. Yes. And you're like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. And it's and, and that's what I mean, where they use it as such an excellent piece of storytelling for Geralt's character, for mm. her, for their relationship together. And it gives you all these, like, signs and thoughts and feelings and adds to the story as a whole whilst giving you something completely brand new. Which is the exact same with... with the wedding and Geralt and stuff like you know where it gives mm-hmm. so much to Geralt's character where at this point he's so flushed out he's so like you know you know exactly who Geralt is but the way he acts and reacts in these kind of scenarios is just great because he like plays along and does what he has to and all this kind of stuff because that's just what Geralt's like he's just great yeah <laughs> so funny did you do the romance scene with her yes like I did it too and it was more for curiosity than anything else and I was like, why did that happen? Like, I just felt like it, it was probably one of the only times in Blood Wine where I was like, this was so unnecessary. And it was just like they put it in a sex scene for the sake of having a sex scene. Do you think? 
Yeah. Oh, see, I, I disagree there because I think that like when, when she when you first join, there's a moment and I don't know whether it's that moment that Geralt buys the that you can buy the wrist thing for her and she kind of slightly comes on to you and you can say to her as a, as a dialogue option like, whoa, Tiger, easy, like we're not, you know, nothing's going to be going on here or something like that. One is one of the dialogue options. And I just thought it was like a real kind of like opening to her character and her arc of being like, you know, not very many people in this girl's life have ever been nice to her. And then suddenly mm. this guy, this guy's not only jumped into this story book to follow her, to find her, to save her. And he's come in and he's then bought her this thing and he's been nice to her the entire time. She's like, why are you even here? He's like, because I'm here to save you. And like, you know, it doesn't have to be an excuse. It doesn't have to be that he's trying to do it for money or he's doing it for this or doing it for that. He's like, I'm just, I'm just Geralt and I'm nice. So I think that's why it happens. Because although she's all like, oh, it's me final moments. Like, you know, let's have a bang. I think it's more because she's like, oh, she actually finds some kind of connection in Geralt to a degree during that time, that little adventure they went on in, in, the, in the fairy tale. Yeah, I I just think then if you think about it, then they leave the fairy tale. We're gonna confront her ex boyfriend to stop the end of Toussaint. Like mm. Toussaint's gonna burn to the ground, and it's just a bit like, why would Geralt choose to do that when it's like we're trying to calm your ex lover? Yes, that's where I think that I understand your point of view if you're talking about Geralt's motivations in it. But yes. her. Oh motivation. no, I don't. I think Sienna regardless of it's whether she has a connection or not if she was like oh i think she could just turn around and be like i think girl's good in bed so i want to sleep with him i think that yes. could be her yeah, her connection. yeah, yeah. Like, and you can kind of understand if you're gonna get ripped stretched by a vampire you might think i might have a bang is my last thing that i do yeah so you I know can i might have sex her, yeah i can understand her motivation but i think as Geralt, you're a bit like really really but Geralt, is Geralt a man that when the opportunity presents itself rarely decrees <sighs> You know, perhaps, perhaps. do you know? Like, I, just... I think as Geralt, like who I believe Geralt to be, who you know, my Geralt's a bit of a slapper. He's like, he's gone with, he's gone <laughs> with Kira, he's gone with Triss, he's gone with Yennefer. You know, I, I you know, he's gone with Shani. He he makes these decisions as far as as obviously I make them to a degree, but I think that I make them role playing as who I believe Geralt would be, and I understand that. Yeah, sure, he would have. Like at certain times, I can imagine Geralt really cutting things off or not doing things with people or so on and so forth because he has that kind of fortitude. Like he's not just a, but I just think that he is a, like I, I just saw it more of as like a, you know, at the end of something as mental as that and someone just says, hey, do you want to just bang? Like you, you just think it's just another thing, isn't it? I've just like literally seen like Rapunzel hanging from her own hair, you know? Like what's one more crazy thing before we come back to reality, you know? <laughs> Yeah, perhaps. It's very similar to the Kira Metz situation, though, because Kira Metz is trying to be Cinderella, isn't she? Yeah. And then you're a bit like, why'd you do that? Mm. And the that's end- the thing. And I, and I guess at the end of the day, you, you have the option to play as a more, you know, uh, moral girl who decides not to do that. But I certainly didn't. No, I didn't either. <laughs> I just, I have, I'm curious. I was just curious. It was crazy. It was a really good scene in in fairness because it was all wacky and weird and cool. And she was like, as Little Red Riding Hood. And I was like, it's very good. But I just think the overall scheme of things, it was a bit odd to do when you're trying to calm her lover, her vampire lover, who's going to try and destroy the world. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you know. I remember saying it to you one time when we were having a phone call. We were just talking about things. I was just like, Geralt's definitely a bit of a dick for like, you know, he knows how much like you know he sat and listened how much like she means to Detlaf and everything, and then just like yeah. kind of just like having sex with her is just you know, 
again you do you either walk along that line of you know do you just do you kind of absolve yourself into that like you said at the very start of the podcast that kind of like you know sometimes it's a romance sometimes it's love and all these different things it's very different in the world of the witcher um but that's what i kind of role play because i'm very different to that real life you know where i'm just a bit more like hey girl you know live how you want to live you know it's it's the witcher but like i can see totally how someone would make the decision in the opposite way where and that's great because you know you make big decisions at the end but that's still a decision within itself which again just makes this game so fantastic but like Mm -hmm. it's just another decision that you make yourself and decide on the morals about and all that kind of stuff so if you if someone was to turn around and say hey you know your girl was a pig for doing that i'd be like yeah fair yeah but I think at times Geralt could be in my eyes, but yeah. Yeah, maybe, perhaps. Most but of I definitely time... think it's the most morally contentious one. Like it's the most morally contentious time that you can have a a romance with someone, you know, other, yeah, like, other than I, I guess I feel after. Like from my perspective, I do feel like Geralt sleeps around. You know what I mean? Mm. And like, as I said, the the idea of love and romance is very strange in the Witcher universe. Like it's you know, not necessarily monogamous in the sense that, like, you know, you have the, like, you could fall in love with Yennefer or Triss and you're committed to them, but that doesn't mean you can't sleep around because Yennefer and Triss aren't necessarily loyal to him in that Mm. way either. Like, they've definitely slept around too. But once they know that their hearts belong to each other in a weird way, um, that's fine if they sleep Mm. with other people. But the the only thing that bothers me is, yes, just the the situation. It wouldn't be the fact that you slept with Yana. It's the way he slept with Sienna in during the circumstance of the yes. world is about to end because of your ex-boyfriend who were trying to get you to to calm him down. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I agree. I agree. You know, I, and I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily disagreeing. I just think that, yeah, perhaps there was, there was a uh, more emotion to it from her point of view, but I think, yeah, from, from Garrett's point of view, it's, it's the most morally contentious one. That's for mm. sure. You know, just cause it's just like, why other than yes. for the obvious reason of, you know, sex feels great. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll move on from Geralt's sex life now. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> as, as, as deep as we've gone into that, but yeah. <laughs> it's always nice to study the psychology of that t- type of stuff, especially uh, yep. in The Witcher, because it's always a bit like, what's going on? Why are we doing this? What's yes. this about? Yes, 100%. But, um, yeah. Because it's but, like, like it's just to one more little thing on the end before we do, we do need to get off this. But it's like, I see what you say where you can kind of be like your heart or each other and do these different things. But then, you know, you get to Kier Morin and Yennefer's lobbed the bed out the window because it's got Triss's hair in it. You know what I mean? So whether that's contentious for Geralt's heart, I don't know. But anyway, carry on. Yes, but also I think Lambert and Triss were supposed to have made love Mm -hmm. in the same place. All these different things, yeah. Yeah, it's all this mad stuff. We must carry on. (laughs) We have to. Yes, we have to go. Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, yeah, ultimately... Also, actually segueing into it, it's very, depending on the ending you get, because you obviously finish the storyline. And for me, Yennefer ends up at the vineyard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was a bit, I felt a bit dirty. I was like, oh my God, I just slept with Sienna. And now all of a sudden Yennefer's turned up to be like, I'm with you forever. Yeah, and we're yeah. going to retire here. I was like, yeah. Ugh. So maybe that brought that like factored into you feeling a bit that way about it as well. Because I guess like I, for the first playthrough, I very, like, open-heartedly could not choose between Yennefer and Triss and tried to use both, and then got to the end, and I got uh, Siri under the tree, which was cool. That's cute, though. I so, so cool. And then this this time, though, which was automated, because I only played the two 
DLCs. So you can like do an option on the Switch to only play the two DLCs. And I've done that so they automate the story for you so you don't end up with anybody or whatever. I had randomly had Dandelion turn up and just start singing I feel like that's such a burn. I feel like, <laughs> you know, out of all the options to get, like, because I was like, oh, I got Yennefer, who in my playthrough is the love of girl's life. Yeah. You could get Triss, who could be also the love of girl's life. You can get Siri, his, like, basically daughter. And then there's Dandelion. And Dandelion's just come along being like, let's make up some drama so I can sing about it into your retirement. Yes. Yeah. I was like, and oh, like, poor Geralt. Even when he gets there, he's like, quick, like, nobody, nobody let Anna Henrietta know I'm here. And it's like, for God's sake. Yeah, because Geralt's going to break from Dandelion's mission. Yeah, yeah. Dandelion's shit. Can't, he, can't even escape it in, in Toussaint. No. He hunts yeah, so him out. What an ending for Hilarious. my Geralt that time around. Um, but the first I time know. when I spoke to Siri, like I just remember that moment and just thinking, wow, like this I think is I would such have cried a... if it was yeah, Siri. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure if I was close, but I definitely remember just thinking this is just so unbelievably fantastic. And don't get me wrong, the second time with Dad done was utterly underwhelming. But the the <laughs> the. I love it. You know, because you turn the corner in the house, don't you? And they stood there, and like I turned the corner in the house, and Daddy Lion was there, and I was just like, "Oh, right, bud." You know, like I was just like, I felt like that rather than with with Siri. I was like, "My daughter's here. It's amazing. What a lovely sign off. Yeah, and what have you I been up to?" That's the ending you'd get if Siri either became Empress or died. No, Witcher. When she becomes a Witcher, she comes and sees you. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean. I, uh, sorry, I meant like if you get if she becomes an empress or she died, she won't be at the house. Oh, sorry. And yeah, no, sorry. I thought you meant that's why she'd be there, but no, no, yeah, yeah, that's no. why she isn't there. Yeah. And you would have had have messed up the romantic options between. Tris and and I'm Gerald. interested to see whether if you done Triss, whether you get Triss at the end, which I think I you should. I, I yeah. think you do. Yeah, yeah, which would be cool. I, you get you do you get one or the other from what I've. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I because, I thought you only uh, get Yennefer or Triss. And I guess because I chose both, I got Siri. None of them. And then, yeah, I got Siri. I got neither of them and I got Siri. But anyway, yeah, what a fantastic little, like, love note to the fact that a lot of the Witcher fans said, hey, we're gutted because we can't ever go see our NPCs again. So they go, hey, here's a little NPC just on the end. I know we didn't do it in the main game. I know we can't do it now. It was just like a little gesture, yeah. a little thing on the end, which is really lovely because... Um, back in the days where CD Projekt Red was revered for its its care for video games and its care for its its um its its customers, um, which again I'm I think is rather sad, but I, it's, there's so much care and love that went into it. But you mm-hmm. know, perhaps uh, you know money got in the way of of their later decisions. But anyway, we'll we won't stop off there. Uh, no. But yeah, certainly there was like there's all these little things that they, that they do at the end that's just really cute and leave it really nice and especially for me the moment that really seals it off which i'm not sure i was going to leave to the end of the podcast but i guess it's just i'm naturally flowing towards it now and that's the moment where you're talking and Geralt looks at you the player and Mm -hmm. says oh i think i'm done for an hour or whatever he says at the end Mm -hmm. um and it's like a really like amazing moment that you're always on the outside you're always this person whereas you're separate from Geralt and all these different things and suddenly he looks at you the person he's been through all this journey with and it's just a lovely touch you know it's a lovely mm-hmm. touch for me like when he looked at me in the eyes that first time I remember putting the control down and 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 this is something that this game does that's amazing that I don't think like the likes of Skyrim and do that that are also you know 100 and 200 plus hour epics that when you put the controller down when you finish the witcher there is something that's lovely and final about it there's something mm-hmm. that leaves you not like somber because you miss it because it's it was an amazing experience but not longing for more yeah for sure i think the only thing like it makes you want to finish that 
playthrough. Mm. Like that playthrough is done. Like once I did that, I didn't want to play anymore. I was yeah. done. I didn't want to do side quests. I didn't want to go back. But what I do want to do is like, I would love to do a new playthrough. Yes. As a new Geralt. Yeah. And have different decisions. I yeah, have a for longing sure. for that. But yeah, for yeah sure. you're right. It is a very fine. It like really like finalizes your playthrough. Yeah, which is really nice. And I think that the way that everything plays out in the end, and we've we've kind of stopped off at it with all of the all of the situation with the the place being attacked by vampires and stuff is is like we kind of gone past that to the end, but I want to stop back off at that because it's such a, another epic kind of, uh, battle of care more a moment where like the scale yeah. of what's going on and the, like the sorrow and the horror, like how horrible it is. Even when you see that knight that doesn't really like you throughout the whole game and that like little, and they're barricaded in and there's this kind of hopelessness to the scenario and this like real like climax and finale and end to it, which the fairy tale bit is amazing because it happens at the same time and takes you away from this kind of intense, crazy situation. But like that mm. is just so mad when the, when it, it does kind of happen. It really does feel like the blitz or something it's crazy like this place just being bombarded by various vampires is just so crazy and insane as like a set piece you know yes for sure it's so cool it's really well done it's super epic um a great way to finish it off as well like one kind of final battle before yeah. all the dialogue towards the end yeah for sure super and I, lo cool. I love the the reality of it and i think my my imagination likes to lose myself in it even more but like you know it's those it's the screams of the bruxes echoing through the streets mm. and like the sounds of crying and screaming and everything that just like it gives there's so much great world building and storytelling and audible storytelling and visual storytelling in in the whole of the witcher but like in blood and wine it's particularly poignant and it's just yeah. such a fantastic example of all of those all wrapped up into one which like i said about the hearts of stone like it's just such a perfect video game because it does art movie books everything all into one you know acting everything you could possibly imagine all into one and it's just it's so so fantastic but that's one of the moments mm. that really stands out to me that i just want to just because this is our love letter to blood and wine that was like you know really stands out in my mind as being like i remember the first time particularly second time wasn't as like it didn't quite hit me in the same way but the first time i just remember being like Ah, the entire time it was happening i was just like what is going on you know like which yeah. which they installed in you which is great you know <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah amazing so good should we stop off at some side quests i know we skipped all over your side quests yeah, but we'll just... i think there are definitely now's some time now's ones. time let's go for it yeah uh so we kind of touched on it briefly with the elf statues mm -hmm. where you go into this kind of garden and there's these guys who are trying to like do some old elf festival thing yeah. and they're like oh we um <laughs> we're trying to conduct this so put on this hat and put on this outfit and we'll do some like you know this little festival and then all of a sudden the statues come to life and they're elves and oh my god it took me a good half an hour or more to beat this because they were so unbelievably difficult but it was super cool mission yeah i literally had to hide on one of the roofs and i kept shooting the uh elf sorceresses with my um crossbow oh until you killed them yeah yeah and see, that took a very the, very long time the thing that i worked out this time around and i can't remember the first time i've done that mission but the, this time around what i worked out really quickly was i died like three times and then i realized that actually you need to run past the guys that you'll begin to fight and go and kill the sorceresses straight away which is what I'd i done. tried that and i still died and, I, so. and yeah i just happened to, i must have like, and i remember thinking i'd done this very quick 
like I just was really lucky, like whether or not my dodge rolls were just perfectly timed and this, that and the other. I happened to kill them really quickly and all this kind of stuff that I was just particularly lucky with. But um, so yeah, hard. it was it is so hard, but it's so cool because you it's, it's just another example of what they like to do with Geralt because of his character, which I think just works so well. Because if you do, if you put like a, I know you haven't played it, but if you put like a Nathan Drake or someone who's a little bit more like um jokey or whatever like in these scenarios like it becomes more of like a pantomime rather than Geralt's deadpan grumpy reserved nature whenever he's put into these scenarios you always just think he's just like oh for fuck's sake but he always plays along but he always plays along and that's what makes him so fucking endearing and amazing he's Mm -hmm. just such such a great character but I have to I have to say about the the whole of the knights tournament and the bird thing with the girl. That was amazing. I thought that the, was really emotional. Yeah, that was really cool because there's again it's it's the same thing that the game the themes of Witcher are a monster isn't what it looks like a monster is what it is on the inside, and yeah. that that trolls very much look like a monster, but you know they're just big dumb you know. Oh, they're so not, lovely though. There's not, something lovely about trolls. Yes, but they're like not, you know, they're they're just like simple, and that doesn't mean that they're evil. Bad. And like, and Geralt will respects that, and it's cool that Geralt ends up finding out what's wrong with this girl who's who's very beautiful and is like the apple of everyone's eye, and it's actually quite heartbreaking at times because that guy who's very chivalrously trying to chase after her as the knight, like he's doing the kind of standard, you know, almost try too hard knight stuff that everyone in Tucson does that she finds mm-hmm. so quite repulsive, but like he it genuinely actually loves her like really yeah. properly loves her and it's so cute and he's like i don't care what she looks like or whatever you know when you actually tell him did you tell him no so you have an option to tell him what she yes. is or where he finds out somehow what she is and he kind of says like oh i don't care like her you know her beauty is beyond that and all this kind of stuff which is really cute and i'm just like oh this guy and then she ends up crushing his soul and you know bad breakup Why? what but, happened in your one what did uh, you choose? she told him to fuck off in the end and I was like, oh, come on. Like, he was in the right place. And she was like, no, I told you not to tell anyone, Geralt. And you ended up letting it slip to matey. And he's tried too hard and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, is, is his reason, he's the reason I'm here. Or he's the reason you found out to get past it and all this kind of stuff. And you have to, like, do that cool thing where you either put the death into the chick or she, and she lives a certain amount of time. Like, she has, like, over 30 good years or she can live forever or something like that, isn't it? As what she is. So she decides to live, I think it's like, less time. I think it was only seven. Yeah, or something like that. She's like, oh, you're telling me you can li- I can live seven years like this or whatever and it's just like cool okay, I, I think actually to be honest i think that is what happened with, with my playthrough as well because i re- i remember him being sent off and him being heartbroken yeah. uh but i chose the chick one so that she had seven years yeah and, and i think it's just it, it like you say really surprisingly and emotional and deep of like you know if you could choose like a so little hard. bit extra life would you or would you choose to kind of continue living as something you're unhappy as you know and that's something that it really is like strong and if just for a side mm-hmm. quest again you know that you end up being a investigating what's wrong with her and you worry different things and then suddenly it's this really kind of deep payoff to it but the whole knights tournament is just fantastic as well i just think yeah, it's great that was really cool it was everyone really good. everyone calls you whatever it is after you win it and <laughs> like yeah oh my God. i what was it what were the names it was either like Geralt of rivia and then it's lord something yeah, I done that one the second time. I done Geralt. Yeah, I with, done Geralt with Rivia the first time, but the second time I done the. Yeah, I, I did the other one, whatever it was called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked cooler, and I wanted to hang it up in my uh yeah my house. That was that was the main <laughs> reason for it. Um, 
The other one, there was two other quests that I thought were really notice, notable and it was the vineyard for sale that the, there was the woman and the man fighting over. Yeah. yeah. They were cool. They were quite long side quests, but they were really, yeah. really cool. Really difficult. Like those plant creatures like mm-hmm. mess me up uh, really, a yeah. lot. But yeah, I just thought remember. that was just a really enjoyable quest, but I ended up getting them both together. Yeah, that's cool. And they ended up banging at the end of it. Yeah, I ended up just... I can't remember what I'd done the first time because it was just so long ago that I played the DLC because I literally played it on release. But this time, I just remember giving it to the girl because I was just like, oh, I can't bother with it. Yeah, he seemed, he seemed like a digger first, but it turned out none of them had done it. Yeah, yeah. They they, they go down that line. And I, I remember getting a little bit confused with the map at one point because I was like, oh, it's giving me all these different things to do. And then they, one of them was like, oh, the, you know, like how you you do something and then there would be like a kind of a clue to who it really is every time you've done it. Um, and I ended up kind of going down that route and then just ended up just thinking, oh, no, she's all right. I'll give it to her. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But then when you told me that, I was like, oh. I know. <laughs> I know. No, I was pretty happy. I was like, oh, good. You just ended up in like owning a vineyard together and being in a relationship. That's nice. Yep. Um, yeah. And then I think the other one you want to talk about this, the bank. Oh, what a fantastic. I, I totally forgot about it then. See, this is why I got you to write it down. Because I was like, this is for the second time. First time I, I must have played it, but I don't remember it. And this time, this was what really struck me. And I'm not sure it's because I'm older now and I kind of like understand a little bit more what it's like to just go through a system or whatever else. But like, yeah, it's so I, hilarious. Obviously I have you... to say I worked in a bank <laughs> and I played it and I was like, I'm almost getting traumatic flashbacks of how it worked. And I was just like... <laughs> For medieval times, they made it so like a bank because yeah. it's so true. It's like, you know, when you go to a bank and you're like, I want to close my account. They're like, well, you have to fill in that form and you have to do this first and you have to fill in this form to take out your money or transfer it. And I was just like, yeah. where do you get those? And it's like, whether it was like in person at the time where it's like online, I'm like where online? They're like, it's online. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, that's Find not my it department. And it's like, yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, it's not my department. And then you go to the next person and they're like, oh, sorry, I'm on lunch. You know, like she's that that bit where they go on break is just it's like it's so perfect. Like if you're if you're listening and you've if you've ever dealt with anything in customer service at any point, and there's just that point where you're like, Oh my god, really? Like really you're making me wait. Like you I can see you having your break and you're making me wait. Like, why? And I just and then love Geralt that. has to like flirt with the feckin' woman yeah. at the counter at like desk one. I'm pretty sure it was desk one. Yeah. At desk one. And it's just like, she's so rotten at the start. And then you have to go off and find her favorite perfume. And I was like, what am I doing? I got her flowers. Oh, did you? I think I got her perfume. And she was like, "Mm." yeah, (laughs) cool. It was just, it was just classic. And and the best bit for me, because the whole thing is kind of like, it's a a break in the fourth wall kind of, ha ha ha, like this is what it's actually like to go through a bank or to deal with like, you know, some kind of like customer service, like entity or something Mm -hmm. like that, like to try and actually get your money out and everything. But that moment where you sit with matey and it's just this kind of deadpan, like Geralt looks at him and he's sat there (laughs) and he's like looking at Geralt like, yeah, yeah, I'm here too, doing this, waiting. (laughs) 
and he's just yeah. like do you want a game of cards because this is going to go on forever like <laughs> it's just great like it's just because you know i i've been next i used to deposit money in the bank for for when i worked in the bookies and stuff and apologies guys if you can hear from the background it's um in the uk it's it's coming up towards uh, november the 5th so we often set off a lot of fireworks around this time which is uh, an old uh british um a reality that happens if you don't know anybody who's listening that that a, a bloke tried blow, blowing up the houses of parliament and he didn't manage to do it so we we burnt him and then it's this big like hey he let off a fireworks because that's what would have happened if he'd have blown up the houses of parliament ha <laughs> but anyway wow um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear any pops or whistles or anything in the background that's what that is um but yeah it's just this this like i've walked into banks and you you know the guy you're stood behind of in the line and he's been there even longer than you and you start giving mm-hmm. each other that look or she or whoever you know just looks like looks at you and you're both like oh man it's killing me like this is killing me being here like why have we got to go through all this and all this kind of stuff you know and it's just great yeah. it's just such an amazing little random side quest that they've just chucked in there for the sake of chucking it in there of like how hard it is well i'm sorry sir but you're dead and he's like well i'm clearly not i'm stood here you know, it's just it's just great in it. <laughs> yeah, amazing. and he he's like, oh, I uh, gone to the other boot, and he's like, I need form like one oh one to like reactivate my account because yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, literally, and it's that like deadpan Geralt. Like Geralt plays into the scenario so well because you can tell he, Geralt is a man who's not rife with patience, and like no. it's just that like it's just you can just tell how annoying it is for Geralt as well. It's just great. It's oh, what a fantastic little side quest that is because it was just like especially the second time I played for it, I just remember just actually laughing properly. And this is yeah, like same. this game gives you such an amazing array of emotions, especially Blood and Wine because Blood and Wine can get deep and emotional at times, and it can also just be like it really is quite uplifting and happy and a nice game to play during the summer rather than the normal witch or something like to play during the winter you know it's quite like a cold yeah. and and heartless game at times um although it's still so rife of character and, and stuff like that but like yeah it's it's just the whole of blood and wine and all of its side quests and all of its world building but the the thing that really has to be the cherry on the cake for me above the beautiful glistening blue water of of the lake in the middle or wherever it is and everything that makes this so pretty and fantastic is the music is fucking yeah. stunning it really Unreal. is like the second i listen to it now at any point it just transports me to this beautiful sunny vineyard and this beautiful place in my mind like i know that like when i listen to skyrim it like there's just something about amazing soundtracks that take you to those places like if Mm -hmm. you close your eyes and listen to skyrim suddenly you're walking through a wood and you're like you've got your bow out and you're doing these different things and there's something that's just so amazing about this like even just the it's the singing and like everything and it oh it's just really such an amazingly beautiful soundtrack even just the gwent tune i remember when i was super into gwent and i didn't play gwent through my second playthrough but the first time i was a crack addict for it but like i remember playing it with a new deck and everything and the just the i used to literally if i was going to win the game of gwent i remember stopping just because i wanted to listen to it again the just the soundtrack go go and play all the way around again because it's just what a fantastic fantastic score and you're talking about a score that's been added on to a score that has to be one of the greatest video game scores of all time and this is just like oh you know this little game that you know this 30 hour experience you've got as a as an extra it's not extra this is like literally the most well thought out like like musical um 
was it prologue or whatever no prologue before isn't it whatever the the thing would be after you know a musical end to this whole thing like it it is embodies where it is and it's mm-hmm. so perfect like you never think oh this is just witcher music or I, i'm in i'm in velen or i'm in these different places each place in the witcher has such personality like skelliger sounds like skelliger you know and all these mm-hmm. different things it's just it's really really amazing but like particularly the blood and wine soundtrack for me stands above all even the other soundtracks to me it's so like harmonic and like it's very majestic yeah oh it's so good yeah so good it's so pretty yeah just amazing like Mm -hmm. every time i absolve myself into the fourth i just think yeah this is amazing yeah you're playing it in your mind right now aren't you yeah 100 percent. like i'm just walking through a vineyard and i've got that music playing or that first time that you see that big mountain and you can just hear that music and it's just like as opposed to the rest of the game which sometimes can be like quite hard to be Geralt it's really nice because it's just it feels good to be Geralt it feels good Mm -hmm. to walk around and you're not being racially abused everywhere you go it's just like nice because it's just like what a pretty and beautiful place you know it really does feel like a a summer holiday (laughs) yeah 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 for sure which is cool Mm -hmm. but yeah Yeah, I think that's all I have on Blood and Wine at the moment unless you have anything else I could probably sit and think of quite a lot more you know, just because it really is something that like sticks with me emotionally as being like it's the first time ever. And I've played I up to that point, I'd played like a lot of DLC stuff, but never really like gotten stuck into a DLC. Mm-hmm. And I just remember playing this and just thinking this is like as good, if not better than the main game. And in the end, actually was for me. And I just think. Oh, what a, an amazing testament to CD Projekt Red and the storytelling and stuff and what they've managed to achieve with this game is something that will last in eternity and it doesn't matter what else potentially they do or don't do or have done wrong this game and the moment that it is in, in, in its entirety is just utterly utterly fantastic and it doesn't matter how many times you play it how many times you go back or how many times you think about it or how many conversations you have it still is right there in your heart mm-hmm amazing yeah for sure i honestly am really excited for the the next gen version to come out so i can play it again yeah particularly i have to say because the second time i played blood and wine on the switch it was like there was times where i sort of looked off into the distance and was a bit like oh like it holds up and it's very beautiful still and because of the the audio and because of the um the music it still feels the same and because again i wasn't looking at it anywhere else that i know that that first time particularly like it knocked my actual socks off because i was just like there's no way this is even this generation this game like i remember playing on the playstation 4 and being like how is this not next generation like it's the most amazingly beautiful thing i've ever seen and i think to be honest maybe the most beautiful video game landscape ever full stop for Mm. me you know And and i'm sure i could probably sit and think of more but like just really stands out to me is just being like just really utterly easy on the eye (laughs) yeah for sure i just think that like witcher just does a really good job i said this in the last part of like it's witcher like no matter what its lore is no matter what its environment is you could say oh but it's it's just like fantasy another fantasy game you can't say that about the witcher it's very much encapsulated in its own thing yes you can tell by just looking at it you can tell by just listening to the music Mm -hmm. or literally like reading some of the lore that it's the witcher 
Yeah. It's its own unique thing. And I feel like that's what it done so well that makes it stand out so amazingly is the fact that it is the Witcher and that it has its own identity now and it has its own thing. Like just in the exact same way as you can say it's Elder Scrolls or it's, yeah. you know, it's one of these other games that, that really stands out as being its own thing and having its own entity where there's something about the music, the world, there's just a feel, there's just a feeling to Skyrim. You can't get anywhere else. You can't play another Skyrim. Like you can play something like it. You can play something that's in homage to it. There's all these different things, but there's just something about it, a feeling, a moment, uh, all of these amazing, brilliant minds and developers and musicians and actors and everything that all amalgamate into this beautiful piece of art. And that is something that The Witcher does so well. And I really agree with you there. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But yes, mm-hmm. shall we shall we wrap it up? Um, yeah, I think that was a great way to wrap it up. Well. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, beautiful piece of art. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, this has been me and Kaylee uh, on Games of the Lost Ark for the second time on The Witcher. Um, I'm sure at some point we'll return to The Witcher as, as this goes on because it's something that's so close to our hearts in regards to, I'm sure it'll be in our top fives that we do on on one flew over the side quest and i'm sure that potentially we might do in the in the future if we'd play like a, a playthrough again another witcher podcast or something like that i don't know mm-hmm. um but what a fantastic game and if this is the last podcast that i do on the witcher then again um begrudgingly thank you cd project red you the, it was such a, a an amazing video game and certainly thank you to everyone that worked on it as opposed to the maybe the company as a whole but certainly everyone who worked on it like really really fantastic mm-hmm. and like again the guy who plays Geralt i don't know how many fucking lines of dialogue that guy must have had to have done but <laughs> what a bloke like what a bloke like the um, mm-hmm. sheer amount of like of personality and character and everything he puts into that and yeah what a fantastic game but yeah mm-hmm. sweet this has been me and Kaylee. Um, someone's got to stop me. It may as well be myself. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> I just love it so much. The, yeah, okay. This has been us and this has been Games of the Lost Ark. This has been Blood and Wine. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Hi. Thank you very much. <laughs>